This is TV Podcast Industries, and this time we're talking about Star Wars The Bad Batch Episode 10, Common Ground. Help a separatist? Not gonna happen. Your debt's still not paid, remember? A job's a job. I am not bringing Omega to a planet swarming with Imperials. So leave her here with me. I'll keep an eye on her. I don't exactly trust you, either. Good, you shouldn't. But if keeping the kids safe means more money in my pocket, it's in my best interest to do so, isn't it? If anything happens to her... Yeah, yeah, Bandana, just get out of here, will you? Welcome back fellow troopers, it is I Chris and you are listening to TV Podcast Industries and today we are talking about The Bad Batch, Episode 10, Season 1, A Common Ground. And I have lots of common ground with my illustrious co-hosts. Boys, introduce yourselves. 591 episodes of Common Ground, Chris, I'm one of your other hosts, Derek. Hello there fellow troopers, I am your third and final host, John. Welcome. Yes, we Beyond are our own bad batch. Yes. We're, yeah, not not in the bad is in, like, cool. Like, we're not cool bad. We're more just like that in-between of bad bad and bad cool. Yeah. Yeah, slightly deteriorating bad. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. Yeah, yeah. Friday exactly. evening once again, slightly deteriorating after a long week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, well, we're back. Gentlemen, um, before we jump into it... Let's quickly tell our listeners about, yes, we are also covering Loki, which was a phenomenal episode from mm-hmm. Disney Plus this week. Yes, episode four is out on our feeds. If you're not listening to that feed, jump on over to tvpodcastindustries.com where you can get all of our feeds or you can get them on any Sith Empire uh, rebel or jedi uh, affiliated podcast player we're all there we're everywhere you can get all the feeds i would suggest jumping over to the loki feed it is a good one it's a good episode. it, it good certainly is yeah, definitely definitely uh, and we would love to hear your thoughts about any of the shows that we cover please email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or you can pop over and join us on our facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV Podcast Industries. We put up a spoiler post every time a new episode is released on uh, Disney Plus at the moment because we're doing both Loki and uh, and Star Wars: The Bad Batch. Uh, and you can just share your thoughts, uh, spoiler filled detail as you as you want to, uh, so we can discuss them on the podcast. Yes, and if you want to support the podcast, why not send us a single intergalactic credit over on patreoncom slash Industries or do you want to just help us get the uh, podcast edited? Do you know how you can do that? Keep our illustrious editor, producer, and extraordinaire Derek in coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash TVPI and essentially buying an intergalactic blue milk coffee. <laughs> mm. I don't want a blue milk flavored coffee. Yum. I'm sure there's a taste off that blue milk. <laughs> oh, probably. But gentlemen, enough talk about blue milk. Let us jump into this week's episode of The Bad Batch. Derek, do you want to tell us who gave us what? Absolutely. Executive producers for the show, Dave Filoni and Jennifer Corbett, as always. Uh, the episode was directed by Sal Ruiz, uh, who's directed a bunch of episodes of the season so far. And this one was written by Gusum Ran Sandu, uh, who wrote episode two of The Bad Batch, Cut and Run. Yes. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the episode? Yes, Sergeant. 
I like that. You're going to have to call me that. I don't totally think so. <laughs> <laughs> You've done it once. It's going to stay. Oh, no. I've got it recorded, so I'll just play it back to myself, I guess. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't like how that uh, is going to go. <laughs> but do you want to give, tell us what they gave us with your synopsis? Sure, I certainly do. On the planet Rexus, the former home of the Separatist Parliament, Captain Bragg and a legion of clone troopers are taking control of the system. The Empire officer is depending on the support of Senator Avi Singh to convince the population to accept the new order and a unified galaxy. But Senator Singh can't go through with his announcement and is taken into custody as the planet is put under Imperial control. Luckily, Singh has left instructions with his droid, GS-8, to enact plans to extract him in case of this eventuality. GS-8 places a call to Seard, who dispatches the Bad Batch to retrieve the former Separatist supporting Senator. Hunter and the team are unhappy about saving one of their former enemies, but Seard still has a hold over them, and they have to take the job. Nervous about bringing Omega to a planet full of Imperials, Hunter chooses to leave her behind. While the Bad Batch retrieves Senator Singh in a massive battle on Raxus, Amiga pays off the Bad Batch's debts with Sid. Using her skills, Amiga beats all the challenges at the strategy game Dejaric. Realising how useful Amiga can be, Hunter has one final bet for her. If Amiga beats him in a game of Dejaric, she'll never be left out of a mission again. Hunter making lots of promises to Amiga. That's two episodes in a row that he's promised that things will happen from now on. Uh, makes me uh, gives me the feeling that these promises may not be able to be kept in future. Do you think? But, well, I guess, I guess so. But uh, I mean, Amiga is definitely going to beat him. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, well, that's what I was like. Why? I know we always talk about streaming shows and the the kind of. The, the, um, the cliffhanger it ends on. But I'm like, of all the shows, like this yeah. one I didn't expect, a cliffhanger. But I kind of like, they did technically leave us with a cliffhanger. It is kind of a cliffhanger, isn't it? But I think it's more of that cute kind of 80s sitcom thing with father and daughter playing, playing a game of chess at the end of the episode or a game, a board game at the end of the episode. I think that's kind of what it's supposed to be. You're not, not really supposed to guess <laughs> that she and him are having a massive battle that he's going to be really focused on. He's probably just telling her, I'm really sorry that I left you behind, you know, and that's kind of it. And she will beat him because he'll let her win. Or that's what he'll tell everybody else if she beats him, <laughs> basically. But like in a in a dimly lit, so, sort of grimy, sort of dangerous bar? Absolutely, yeah. That, it's that's... certainly not Cheers. You remember not I remember. <laughs> Cheers was in a basement. Does anybody forget that? <laughs> yeah. Like, Cheers was in a basement. That I think it was bright. With no light coming in other than the slight... The slight uh, windows at the stairs that let in sunlight off the street. <laughs> it did also feature... Um, yeah, Carla, uh, who plays it exactly. On this show, so but, you know, it was bright, it was friendly, and everybody knew your name. Mm-hmm. You know, how, Norm. You, you know how much of an alcoholic you are if everybody in a bar that you walk into knows your name, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Okay, and on that note, let's get into our blaster points because I'm not sure how we could work in Cheers anymore. But let's see, blaster <laughs> point number one, gentlemen. The Empire is cracking down across the galaxy, but especially on Raxus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think we've been kind of pointing out uh, as the episodes have been going on, this the kind of central 
theme of the show, or the kind of central story of the show that they're taking is what's been happening after the Imperials are taken over. And this this kind of moment here, it feels really realistic almost, this idea of going into uh, a new planet in this case, obviously a new country in our in our world, um, but working with the local senators and the local leaders of that country to make sure that the people follow the new world order effectively is what's going on. I, I think so. working is slightly generous in that they had put in prison all the senators that weren't going to work with them. Yeah, so... It does remind me of the Mitchell and Webb sketch and um, the comedians who were both in um, SS uniforms, mm-hmm. uh, two, two soldiers saying, well, are we the evil ones? Because like we, we have a skull on our, on our cap, you know, and I'm kind of like the Empire is kind of like, you know, followers. It, I mean, I even thought that Captain Bragg, you know, she had her arms open, you know, that mm-hmm. welcoming thing. But actually all the troops you know, all the equivalent of tanks were all lined up for, you know, for when it went south. Absolutely. So I think working is probably, I would say, dictating. Oh, very much so. Very much so. And I, I do like that twist from, yeah. uh, from or the, the, the flip, I suppose, from Senator Singh, who can't go through with this. Um, does everybody remember, because I kind of find it uh, sometimes a bit more difficult with the prequels and the actual storyline of them and the Clone Wars themselves and everything that was going on. Does everybody remember what what the big difference is, I suppose, between the Separatists and the Republic um, and why they had the battle going on? Like, you know, the Bad Bats themselves were fighting for the Republic. They were fighting for the Jedi effectively and then the separatists were these these groups across uh, across the galaxy that were up against them they were they were the ones that were supported by the robot army effectively the, oh, the trade army. union the trade yeah. federation the trade federation yeah. effectively but they were the separatists they were the ones that were controlling the droid armies so this is why the the batch themselves have such a, a big hang up about going in to save uh, senator singh because they, he was directly their enemy and this planet of raxus this is where the home of the separatist parliament was there that's where they made all the decisions everything going on so there's a moment on the ship when they're coming in uh, coming into land and hunter's going i thought we'd make it to raxus at some point in the future but i didn't think it was going to be like this what he's effectively saying there is he thought they were going to take the fight to raxus at some point and take out everybody there so uh, i just i I know it's really difficult because we all we often joke about that opening scroll in uh, phantom menace which turned us all off what was going to happen from there on because it was all about trade federations it was all about trade routes and all that kind of stuff the banking guild all those all those people and they were all would have been based on raxus but that's effectively it i mean i almost want to say no i don't remember why those two sides were fighting because the basis of it was i guess fairly humdrum which i guess is the basis of most wars Mm -hmm. which are (laughs) which i I, you know you know i mean you know, you don't often get a World War kind of two thing where it it's very ideological. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, normally it's about maintaining influence because there's an important commodity there. But I, I guess even in World War Two, the important commodity was land. It was about yep. Lebensraum yep. for, you know, the um blonde haired, blue eyed uh, Aryans yep. that was ideologically sort of poster boys of the Nazis. Yep. Whereas this was about economic trade routes and I guess the Jedi put the tax rates up too high, um, to be honest. Um, so I, I, I guess, but I mean, it, ultimately it was that, and you're kind of like going, oh no. I mean, I actually thought the Empire were being quite polite here on Raxus. I'm surprised they just didn't carpet bomb the entire planet, you know, just to make an example of them But they're pretending to be 
uh, yes. better than the Republican tip. Pretend to be better than the Separatists and pretend to be better than the Jedi who they've beaten effectively. I am pretty sure someone somewhere has done a college essay on the economic situation and fallout <laughs> of the Empire and the trade fed. Like, you know some so, someone who was really like, you know what would be fun? If I did an economic theory on this and has broken down why it like was good and bad on each side and the, the, the economic breakdown of the Galactic Empire. I think that was Dave Filoni and that's how he got the job as uh, well, steering all of Star Wars. I would <laughs> love to see the modelling assumptions yeah. on that one. Well, um, I guess a lot of fudge factors uh, <laughs> might be be employed. Yeah. Sure Speaking is. of though, look. So for me, no, I did not remember any of this. I thought separatist was literally people who had sided with the empire. Essentially, right. that's where I took that word. I was like, yeah. okay, so these people have just kind of given in and agreed. So these are the, the that's way they were giving it. You've said that now. Go, oh, that makes way more sense. Mm-hmm. And I wish they literally a bit more um, Basil Exposition would have helped with that, I suppose, on <laughs> my side. Um, Remember, like, Kent Dooku was the leader of the Separatists? Yes. And then we had yeah. um, we had all of the Jedis who were kind of reporting into uh, Palpatine, even though they didn't know he was going to become the Emperor, effectively. So that's that's what was going on. But he was also leading the Separatists. So that was the that was the big change in, yeah. uh, in Episode 3, effectively, that, that he suddenly took down all the Jedi, so he took control of the Republic, became which becomes the Empire, and then he just literally switched off all the robots and and uh, Yeah, he was he was the hidden hand, effectively. Yeah. yeah. I will say the writer Gersim Ran, who mm-hmm. they did something quite similar with uh, episode two, the other one they wrote, where Cut Cut came in and there was no real explanation of who he was. Is mm-hmm. if you had watched previous stuff, knew previous like there was a an assumed knowledge yeah and it's kind of the same in this episode a lot of it is assumed knowledge uh on what is happening yeah and i suppose that that's kind of the interesting part about about this like we're watching this as part of a series and you know there's, yeah. there's all that history of star wars and some episodes are written with you know you want to see a bit of bang bang you want to see a bit of a bit of fighting and a bit of action and that's what this episode looks like on the surface and it is that's exactly what it is it's a it's a mission of the week Almost, but it is steeped in the history of that period of Star Wars. Yeah, and that's, I, that's what I'm really enjoying about these episodes: getting a bit of of where we last stopped in Episode Three in Star Wars, and what's happening in the timeline between there and A New Hope, or there and Rogue One, wherever we get to uh, as these as the show uh, spills out. But but some of that history and some of that knowledge of why the clones don't like the separatists for example it's really nice to have that but as well. but that's I, I think that's that's it for sure because i i, I really kind of liked you know again we, we we the bad batch are finding their feet to some extent mm-hmm. okay it's not maybe as acute as when it was um sort of earlier in the season but you know here you've got echo who's massively suspicious you Absolutely. know as they fly in he thinks it's a trap um you know the fact that Avi Singh, the, the senator here, the lead senator, um, presided, I guess, over this planet whilst it was the capital of the separatist movement mm-hmm. and with its parliament. Yeah. So, you know, th- they're trying, there's this kind of sort of conflict between them because, you know, they're fighting against people, um, who used to be their allies and mm-hmm. uh, they're being chased by them. Yes, they've got a different name, but ultimately that 
Some of them are still former uh, Bad Batch members like Crosshair, but also they're the clone army, exactly. effectively, that's being appropriated by now the new Galactic Empire. So, that, you know, all this is kind of... It's in a kind of interesting point, isn't it, of shifting sands yeah. within the galaxy, which is in itself that backdrop is quite interesting it is. for yes. for for storytelling and what you could you can sort of connect into on that for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it even explains the line from Echo when he realizes that the person who's made the call for them to come to the planet is a droid, and he's going, "Hang on a second, not a droid," because they've been fighting them for years, effectively. Yep. So, yeah, um, so. I think that's overall the Empire side of things, the Empire Crackdown there in the first one. We move on to last point two, the kind of central part of the episode, really, um, is saving Senator Singh. Well, they're working for a droid. <laughs> yeah. that's that's the central no yeah exactly that is the second blaster point and it's the main thread of the episode and it's yeah. actually quite enjoyable i found it that i thought it was it was a fun romp it yep. was like you literally got the walking tanks i i the precursor to the 80 80s or at us mm-hmm. depending on who you are yeah um it, i say it's a fun romp it, it for me it was that kind of i don't know if you guys probably remember, but like some of our other listeners may not. I personally grew up and I did watch some of the, my, my dad enjoyed those war movies. And it was like, it was always like, I think it was just like the bridge over river cry or whatever. Those ones were like great escape where you, you had a team. Best one, saving private Ryan. You have a team going in, collecting something and getting them out of there. Like, yeah. And that's what we had here. Like, it was a fun version of that. Absolutely. Fellow troopers, this is when Chris realizes that Blaster Point 2 is called Saving Senator Singh and a reference to Saving Private Ryan. Oh, well, you could have called it like... <laughs> oh, God, we have to work on that then. It was literally the name with saving in front of it. That's exactly why I did it. Yes, absolutely. This is the mission of the Bad Batch to go in and save uh, save the Senator. And it does feel like exactly like that. It does feel like a big battle. There's so much going on. Um, I love all the movements in it. But one thing I definitely want to call out here is the animation. There's so much good animation. So, I, I happen to be watching a little clip of Rebels today. And Rebels I see as being a really recent... Uh, Star Wars animation and the animation was really good and I think the the scene I was looking at was the final scene of Rebels where there's a big speech made not going to spoil it because you better go and watch Rebels um, but I think of that show as being really good and really well animated and then I look at this episode and see the the massive walkers when they get taken down and you see uh, the one that the Bad Batch are, are driving where you see the oil spewing out of the back of it and the smoke coming around the uh, coming around the vehicle and it looks really good it looks totally yeah. even higher level of quality well than, they had we that, that, that dripping oil that's mm-hmm. on fire and you get the drips of fire that they, they, they were animating that it was really really excellent mm-hmm. and I mean, just generally the whole sort of going into the location to, to pull Senator Singh. Yeah. You had the nice bit of comedy with Wrecker, you know, you've the suspicion of the droid, but I mean, mm-hmm. I love that he calls GS8 a tin bin. Yeah. Um, you, you have all of that, you know, you've got that classic sort of comedy element of keeping the, the effectively the, the pot plant, uh, yeah. <laughs> alive and not breaking the, the pot. Uh, and, only to break it uh, yep. when when needs must. Didn't really but, like it anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the the yeah the whole kind of 
chase through was really good and and their their escape it was mm. all just really kind of nicely choreographed really and um like I again love, I love coming... the jumping back and forward between the walkers because the the first one gets the legs taken off yeah. out of the back and then they try and take over another one which gets blown up instantly after they uh, take it out and then they have to go back to their original walker yeah it's just great movements exactly whilst um goggles is fixing the back manually um i, I loved as well i mean it's to this point i guess where the bad batch feel they are in relation to the the Empire mm-hmm. is that they're using stun all here and, and, and smoke grenades and, and, and grenades, none of yeah. it is lethal, although yeah. the clones are reciprocating in, in uh, not in kind. Uh, they are firing live uh, blaster bolts. Yeah, I thought that was quite interesting to note, actually. Yeah, because you, you definitely see all the stun, uh, the stun shots, some blaster shots that are going on, the blue light effectively knocking everybody out. And then, the, you know, remember, they've just made a speech in front of the inhabitants of this planet saying everybody's going to be safe everything's going to be great don't worry under the empire it's going to be fabulous and then they're shooting like massive shots into buildings capital buildings in the central city on this planet and you can see all the bits fall off and crumble you know they're willing to destroy this whole place um just to take out the bad batch you know um doesn't seem like the citizens of raxus will be very pleased by their new uh overlords no i don't think so i mean it'll be interesting as well because i'll you know, the Empire must have clocked that this is the Bad Batch. So I wonder if that changes any dynamic with, um, I, I guess, the bounty being out on them in some yeah. respects, even though, um, you know, so far the Empire hasn't put a bounty on the head. It's been the Kaminoans um, in order to get Amiga. But this may sort of raise their profile a bit too much where the Empire really starts sort of being sort of relentless in their pursuit of them. Yeah. Um, and certainly once Crosshair has recovered from his injuries. I, I question, well, two things, right? First, so I question why they were doing stun. And I, I mm-hmm. speaking to you guys now, I'm, it makes sense. It's like, yeah, they don't want to hurt their fellow clonies. And that, that's fair. Like, I want to see when that changes. I'm assuming that has to change. Like, yeah. that is, like... It might change with Crosshair, for example. Yeah, exactly. Literally, when, like, that follow-up fight with Crosshair, where I still think Crosshair kills someone. I think they, they make Crosshair... They've already made him bad now. We yeah. are, like... Yeah. They burned him, to, like... They, I say they. The writers, they've burned him. They've Darth Vader'd him now, to a degree. A like... He is now a bad... He's not coming back. He's no longer part of the Bad Batch. So I think what flips the Bad Batch is the death of something. The Be it the death of one of the Bad Batch, Mm -hmm. the Omega, or something else. The... I I don't know. Cut or... Or Sid. Rex or Sid. Like, something triggers that. And that's where it becomes in my head, even more interesting. And it gets the darker bit that you guys have talked about in some of the uh, previous seasons. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's interesting. Overall, the action was fun. Yet, like, people died in this, like, 100%. Um, <laughs> it's just the interesting thing. And I, we called it out in even the one where we first met Fennec Shant, where, mm-hmm. like... For a kids show, it's pretty violent if you know where to look. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. it's not a like it's not a it's not directly 
violent, like blood pumping out of the head. But you know what I mean. But it, like it's violent. It's not. Yes. It's not gruesome. Like you know, you're, you're looking at the screen and you'll see somebody fall off a massive cliff, and they will, and they absolutely are going to die there. Uh, they don't cut away from the shots, which I think is why it's interesting that in this episode they are shooting with uh, with stun grenades. Um, and, and shooting, sorry, stun blasters as well. Um, because they didn't last episode. They were shooting at the clones last episode when they were trying to escape from, uh, from the planet when they were oh being God, surrounded yes. by Crosshair. They were shooting back at them. They were setting explosives. You know, that's what happened to, uh, to Crosshair. He got burnt when the engine went off and they were, they were using explosives. So they weren't technically targeting people, but this episode, they feel like they were very specific about using stun grenades and, and, uh, and using stun blasters. So, um, so I just thought it was interesting. Do you think there's a, a cut scene or a, a line or something where they were told by the droid, this is our, still our people or told by the actual center. This is my, this is my people. Don't hurt anyone. It, it feels like, like you're right, John, that, that they just don't want to hurt any more clones if they don't have to. And then they feel yeah. they can get the job done without hurting them. But potentially they made that decision before they got to the planet. I, I, I think it's the different situation though, isn't it? This is a mission that they're going in to extract and they want to make as, l- as little noise as possible, which they do. Up until, you know, so I mean, they even choke one of them just to make him pass out, you know, yeah. one of the clones. Um, it, it's all stun grenades and, and, and so on. And yeah. maybe, um, so that's the kind of rationale. Um, it, it's, it, it feels like that in and out as quickly and as quietly as possible, yeah. a non-lethal force as much as possible. The interesting thing is the fact, cause I think what, differentiates it for the, from the the previous two it's almost like a bit like fight or flight mm-hmm. in yeah. that you know at the end of the day crosso was about to unleash the um iron engines of a starship on them <laughs> which i guess would make you pretty mad and want True. to fire a blaster back at yeah. least um in order to escape um so and st- remember a lot of those clones that you know, they, they, they were chucked off the side for sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Cad Bane would have killed a lot of them, um, a rat that were guarding the ship. Yeah. So uh, maybe they didn't have as many sort of, um, you know, uh, deaths racked up uh, against them as maybe we think. Yeah. But at the same time, then on Raxus in this episode, there is that fight or flight, uh, type thing anyway, where they're being fired on by the walkers, the, the clone troopers. Yeah. And, and all of that. So I'm surprised that it still persisted with the, with the stun, uh, to be honest, but maybe it's because they have, they're rescuing someone ultimately. It might be for that reason. Do you know, all of a sudden after watching this episode, because that is so, um, noticeable in this episode, I now want to go back on all the previous episodes and see, have they shot their weapons versus any of the clones before? Or are we just thinking about the episodes where they were fighting against the robots effectively but um yeah or the human traffickers have have they shot a weapon against clouds before or have they used uh stuns because we've definitely seen the stun uh weapon used this season uh by the bad batch so uh i I just want to check that out i'm just conscious of that uh there's only other one one other thing i wanted to say about this uh about this scene because when you get episodes like this these kind of interstitial episodes or as some people might think filler episodes they're only filler if you've seen the rest of the season and you come back to it and go, oh, that episode didn't make any sense. So what I like to look at in these episodes is what could it possibly mean in the future? Why Why was it important to tell this story effectively? And the one thing that really stands out is that moment when they get the senator away, they get back to their ship, 
the senator is standing there going, what have I done? Why, why would I leave and leave my people to this, this rule? These people that are willing to blow up buildings just to get at uh, a small group of five people effectively. And he's encouraged to leave. He's convinced to, convinced to leave by his droid GS8. Um, so he can fight to live and fight another day effectively. So is he going to go off and join potentially the, um, the future rebellion? Uh, is that why he's off planet? He's seen what it's really like under the empire. Is he going to become a, a spokesperson to rally up, uh, troops in the future? Cause he's with the bad batch now, uh, with, uh, back, back with Sid again. So, um, is that the reason why this story was told of getting him out of there? Because he, he has a, a part to play in the future. There's part of maybe like just you mentioning that and thinking back to like a new hope and, and so on. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, when they're in the rebel base and you've got all the kind of different um, rebel leaders around there. And I always remember one with that kind of mustache that Senator Singh has. And I, now I don't think he had the hat or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I'm just kind of now wondering, I might need to go back and just check that possibly that's senator singh as part of the, you know the high council of the the uh, rebellion yeah. um possibly because certainly he would carry that weight i guess um yeah. going into the this newly formed rebellion um certainly he would have that those contacts and be able to mobilize his planet he yeah. you know the crowd were all um, cheering when he was there and um, they seem pretty he seemed like a popular politician which is very unique and <laughs> so I, I i guess you know it it could be or you know what might what importance might he have for the future um of of the bad batch yeah yeah potentially yeah, they do have a, a precedence in the rebellion for having uh, senators. Remember, of course, Senator Bill Organa, uh, father of, of, uh, Leia, uh, was a senator for his planet and was very central in the setup of, uh, of the rebellion. So, uh, I just, I just wonder if that's the reason. Is that, is that the reason why we saw his extraction and the fact that he was former separatist? That's really, you know, that, that kind of butting heads between the bad batch and what they want to do. And maybe he goes off to join Saw Guerrero. Maybe he goes off to join the new rebellion or one or other. Um, I just wonder if that's why this story was told. Yeah. I think it literally, if we look carefully, it's going to probably be someone in the background from one of the films. Oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, literally either in the Death Star scene uh, where they're, they're first running uh, uh-huh. in New Hope. Like, and you'll see him, he's there with one of the... the, yeah. the, the like, or Rogue One. It, potentially, absolutely. Yeah, just, exactly. just remember, this is Star Wars. There is Wikipedia.org, and uh, the first entry for this character of uh, of Senator Singh appeared today after this episode aired. So I don't think okay. he's ever been a, a so, character uh, that was on air <laughs> <laughs> because every character that's been uh, that's been on screen is named somewhere on Wikipedia. Ah, so. Okay. <laughs> so, but I do think he potentially has a, a part in the lead up, maybe something like that. But that, it's just one of those things. You don't have to like the episode or, or dislike the episode, but usually when there's this kind of episode where, uh, where there's a mission to do something, it's either a character from the movies that you've seen in the past or someone that'll play a role in the future uh, of the series. I would, I would suspect anyway. Okay. So fellow troopers, just to let you know, Derek, let us go all this way until telling us. Oh, by the way, his first entry was today. So, <laughs> you were just like, yeah, you, you knew, he, he knew a lot of quite a while. Evil, like, pure you, evil. Yes, well, yes, I, do, I do Google after watching the episodes. You guys should do the same thing. We're podcasting. <laughs> we should, we should. But I was, it's only from this discussion that I started to think back to New Hope, yeah. Rogue One, as Chris yep. said. Yep. Um, 
that's what got my grey cells a whirring. Well, it is Friday evening. I know it takes a lot to get the old grey cells working after a full week of work. I get it. <laughs> it does. It does. But uh, we are technically back in SID, so let's discuss mm-hmm. a blaster point number three, because our final blaster point does revolve around Sid's place, and it is an Omega always pays her debts. Anybody get the reference there? Well done. Well done. Well done. I'm, I'm, yes, I, well done. Everyone is, everyone is doing the slow clap for you right now. It's a dual reference, though. These are, these are really difficult to come up with when I'm writing the notes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Omega paying off the Bad Batch's debts. Mm-hmm. And also, the actor who plays the senator in the show is Alexander Siddiq, who appeared in Game of Thrones. So it's a Game of Thrones quote <laughs> about the Lannisters always paying their debts. Omega paying their debts. Look. I'm working hard. It's, yeah, we're <laughs> hardly working. <laughs> no, it was good. Well done. No, I liked it. And this was a fun one. Look, Omega not being able to go, I've had my discussion point on that before. Yeah. Like, it is bringing a kid to a war zone. Literally. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, okay. Good good parroting from the Bad Batch on this one. And now they've committed to never doing that again, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Until the end. Uh-huh. Where... We don't know. It is a cliffhanger. Because mm-hmm. apparently Omega is a strategic genius. Yeah. yeah. Like, fantastic. Like, that is a fun way. Based on what we know about her, yeah. it makes sense. Do you know, this game, in all of in all of sci-fi, there's loads of board games that happen on screen in sci-fi. I think, like, the uh, the Vulcan chess in Star Trek, stuff like that. Where you can the kind 4D of work chess? The, yeah, the 4D the chess uh, on multiple levels. There's ways of making those. <laughs> And always this game, the Jarek, um, which I think the first time we saw it would have been um, Chewbacca playing against uh, C-3PO on, in A New Hope. He plays this game where it's holographic monsters fighting against each other. But I've never understood what, what it is that's going on. Like I kind of thought, you know, it's kind of like a video game, I guess. But they just press one button and then the monsters fight each other. And I'm like, can you update it slightly so it looks like they're controlling it like you would a video it game? It looks like it could be partially like top trumps in the, you know, the, yeah. the type of beast that you get and their various power sets right. or, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, that kind of stuff. I know. will move you one better. It is essentially Pokemon. it is basically you've got three pokemon and you're fighting another player with their three pokemon and you tell the pokemon what button by pressing one button you tell them fire or defend attack that is how i assume it has always has assumed because it's just but it looks fantastic it is way better looking than pokemon Mm -hmm. not gonna lie um more just because they're crazy monsters, but I suppose pocket monsters, crazy monsters. They're pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah they're, they're all crazy. But no, this is fun. I like, it was a, you just talked about how uh, essentially like with these non, we will not call them filler episodes. These, these, <laughs> these, these, these more uh, filled episodes. When you get to, <laughs> when we get to the end of the season, we can look back and go, yes, maybe exactly. they could have yeah. cut out episode three and episode seven or whatever. Uh, then you know it's filler episodes. Yeah, but you said like it, essentially they, they they sometimes can move forward and kind of explain things going forward. So I think this is two parts. This one, yes, she Omega has paid off their debt with Sid, so potentially we are limited. We will have limited involvement with Sid going forward. Yeah, maybe exactly. just the next episode. More interestingly. They told her to stay under the radar, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she did not stay under the no, radar. she didn't. Uh-huh. So, 
straight away there was an army of gang in SIDS yeah, yeah. watching I'm like okay they, they're gonna know where like literally I was expecting it to end with like another one of the bounty hunters right. kind of yeah. going I found her yeah. it's fine like <laughs> I mean in fairness to Omega though it is kind of the lovable rogue that is Sid who um, you know always spots a cash making mm-hmm. opportunity in that you know she's floundering against uh, her opponent playing the game Omega comes in sorts it out and she's like okay I'm going to set up a, a competition with cash bets and and off she goes and I love that I must say yeah I mean that actually will be the the worst thing about it is if Sid isn't really in this show as often. I really like the character. I love her little pet names or alternative names for for the Bad Batch. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Bandana for Hunter, Goggles for Tech. I think there's <laughs> one for for Wrecker as well, but I just can't remember it. But even you know, just it's just that turn of phrase. I love um, you know, where Omega is sort of pouting away because she's not been allowed to go on the mission and she turns around and says hey tiny i've got a mission for you (laughs) and throws her a sponge to effectively clean uh, the top of the bar and i just thought that feels like my parents when i was a kid it's like hey i've got something for you and you're given the polish and a duster and off you go saturday morning you're like Oh no! Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's usually preceded with my parents with, "Oh, are you bored? Yeah. <laughs> I've got lots of things to keep you interested." Uh, it's not a it's not a massive thing, but I was quite surprised at the end that this played so uh, significantly in a way into the Bad Batch. Um, like I, I kind of thought, you know, it was going to be at the end. Oh well, we kept her occupied while you were away, and that was just the story that we we've learned that she's good at this game. We've learned that she's a good tactician and. Uh, it kept her occupied while you're away. Grand, let's move on next week kind of thing. But remember at the start of this episode, Hunter has quite a significant argument with Sid because she's pushing them to go up against, go and help someone that they don't want to help. And she goes, well, you don't get a choice here. Job's a job and this job pays well. So you're doing it because you owe me money effectively. And by the end of the episode, that money's paid off. So they don't have to now take jobs from Sid. Uh, I was I was quite surprised. I was kind of taken aback. Oh, hang on a second. That whole death is gone. Yep. And this is why Omega was doing it. She was like, well, if I'm going to be here, I might as well do something to help the batch. You know, um, I was quite surprised at that. I joked even just a few seconds ago about the filler. This wasn't a filler. We talked about this across a couple of our episodes where you have these mission of the weeks. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason I am now well, A, invested because of the story and we talked about these other episodes that really got me in. But the reason I don't personally mind these somewhat more mission of the week episodes is with this Bad Batch show, and I, I can't speak to the other ones because I haven't seen them, but specifically with this I am seeing that no matter what, even with those mission missions they still move the story enough to keep it very interesting moving into the next. Because you're right, they could have literally just said, well, we kept her safe, bye. And then literally, yeah. that nothing is still, they, for the next four episodes, they're still doing missions for Sid. Yeah. This is like, oh, pretty much this is their last mission for Sid, theoretically. Potentially, they have the choice now. And I think yeah. that's, that might play in. If they do stay around Sid, that might play in where they go, where they refuse to take a job if they don't want to take it kind of thing. So they have that, that available to them. Um, but or else they leave. Uh, they may go off with the senator somewhere uh, in the next episode. But uh, but that, as I say, these are the things that I always look out for in episodes that are uh, that are 
um, the feel like missions of the week. Uh, anything else on uh, on? Would you Omega? say filler? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very optimistic, Chris. Yes. The, only, the only filler in my house is what goes into me sandwiches. To be honest. <laughs> Ooh, they, that is sandwich filler is always good. Um, nothing major for me on this one. No, I, I, I don't have really any notes for this. Okay, I, I've got a few, a few little, a few little notes. I mentioned Alexander Siddiq, who, who was in Game of Thrones. He was in Gotham as Rachel Ghoul. Um, he played uh, Senator Abby Singh, probably most well known as uh, Doctor Bashir on, on Deep Space Nine as well. Yes. Um, so he's kind of run the gamut of all of the uh, another one that's run the gamut of all of the um, the shows for uh, for niche audiences and the and, egot, uh, and the egot of sci-fi of comic book fantasy shows and sci-fi fantasy. Exactly. Yeah, the exactly. egot of sci-fi fantasy. Yeah, yeah. He, he's done the gamut, and he does have a. He he does have a really recognisable voice. He thing. does. I think all of us, when we watch that opening episode, we're going, we recognise the kind of... Yeah, it's lovely and rich. A really rich voice, yeah. definitely. But one other person uh, in the episode um, as well, uh, who played uh, his companion droid, GS8, um, I thought really stood out as well, um, Sian Miller, um, who yep. some viewers may know from uh, the excellent Fleabag Um we know her as well, because she was on an episode of Inside Number 9 this year, one of our favourite uh, horror Dark comedies. How would you call it that? Yeah, maybe drama I think dark so. comedies. Yeah. <laughs> really good show. She's, she played a really good role in an episode earlier on this year. But, uh, yes, Sian Miller from Fleabag, probably most well known. Chris, why is it important that she's from Fleabag? Why, why is it really interesting that Sian Miller is over here playing an android in the Star Wars universe from Fleabag? Because Phoebe Waller Bridge is in solo? Yes, yes. As a droid. Who was the writer and, and star of Fleabag? It was, it was the droid in solo. So, uh, yeah. She, there's also uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is in the new Indiana Jones. I thought this where the Lucas Arts. I was, I thought we were going for <laughs> wow. Lucas Film connection there, but I was yeah. like, yeah, oh, that makes more. Your well, one makes sound, more sense. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to the Lucas Dark Arts, I guess. Um, if her <laughs> sense of humor comes in, <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe. Uh, but yes, you never know. GS8 may join up the Robot Revolution in the future um, with with Cian Miller. That would be awesome. Up with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Uh, that'd be quite cool. Uh, another one just to point it out. I know everybody saw it on screen, but I did really like the interrogation scene with uh, with Senator Singh where we have the same interrogation droid or the same type of droid at least that was used on Han Solo in uh, in Empire Strikes Back just that same noises and same kind of close up on the uh, on the droid as it's coming closer and closer to Singh and also Princess Leia in A New Hope it was was it oh it was used on her in the new hope. I always yeah. think of the of Han Solo just because he comes out afterwards going they didn't even ask me any questions. It's a torture device. Yeah, event. exactly. I always thought that was a really interesting uh, moment. But you're right, yeah, um, really good one. Uh, final one, final note, uh, I guess, is a kind of a correction from me for last week. Um, little error, but it's not really my fault. <laughs> uh, just because I kept mentioning about Cad Bane and his ship, I, I called his his ship uh, the Xanadu Blood. I even put it in the notes for John. My apologies, John. Xanadu. Uh, exactly, but it's not the Xanadu Blood. That was his original ship when he was in uh, when he was in the Clone Wars, but according to StarWars.com, he has got a new ship called the Justifier, uh, which is the new ship that we saw last week. So it did look a bit different. The original yes, ship. and a correction before any of our other Fellow defenders, get in there. Uh, it's Cian Clifford. Cian Clifford. Why did I write Cian Miller there? You think you have Cian Miller? Yeah, Sienna Miller. My yeah. apologies. There we are. So we got in. We got corrections before they became corrections. Okay. I am not going to go. go back and edit out uh, no. every every time I mentioned her name wrong. My apologies. That was totally because uh, I, uh, I I was. Uh, it's Friday. 
There you go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Our excuse going forward Sad is Clifford. it's a multiversal thing. It's comic books. It's deep lore or it's Friday. There yeah. you go. And you know what? I even have her name correct in the cast list for this episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, just, just above here. The <laughs> there we go. John, is anything else from yourself? Before no, nothing uh, Nothing more from, from me. So, guys, what did you think of Bad Batch Episode 10, Common Ground? Christoph? I enjoyed it. Uh, it was mission of the week, but I think the key aspect here is it was a fun mission. It was, more importantly, it moved the story in ways I didn't expect in that very ending section where it's basically their debt is paid off and now I'm interested to see, well, do they stay with Sid? What, like, it, it gave enough. Also, it ended on a cliffhanger. Yes, an 80s cliffhanger, but a cliffhanger nonetheless. <laughs> Who's going to win the massive battle exactly. of the Jarek? <laughs> Will she be ever allowed to go into battle? Uh-huh. Will the child be allowed to go to war? Did that she... is the question we were asking. Exactly. Did she sneak a vodka and coke? <laughs> whilst, whilst their parents were away yeah, I, I reckon Sid would allow bar, her a yeah. little reward from the, the top shelf I guess she's in a bar, I, actually we didn't even mention there, there is a moment with Hunter and the Batch when they're on the planet and he does call out for Omega to go with uh, Tech I think it is Yeah. Um, yeah. and then Tech has to remind him that Omega's not there so he does have that feeling that she's around all the time so yeah just a, it's just a, a nice little moment that he's still feeling that she's part of the Batch even though she's not on this particular mission Yes. So yeah, no, overall enjoyed it. Uh, more looking forward to we are down to the final few episodes of this season. We have less than five, so I'm very interested to see how this this moves forward. But on that note, Derek, what do you think? As I said, I'm always an optimist watching a, watching a TV show. So uh, I enjoyed this episode just because we haven't really seen a big battle episode so far. We've seen, you know, chases and that kind of stuff, but this seemed like a big action sequence uh, episode and really uh, and I really enjoyed it I thought some of the animation was fantastic in the episode some little touches that could play out in the future and that's what I'm I'm kind of looking forward to um it's not it's a not not an essential episode to watch by any means so far at least it isn't uh, so far um but yeah I enjoyed it it was it was a good uh, a good 22 minutes with my cereal on a Friday morning as I as I've been enjoying it <laughs> How about you, John? What did you think of the episode? Yeah, I think like you guys, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I yeah, it's not earth shattering, uh, but I like the I just like the mission that they were on. Um, I loved uh, what happened in the bar. Um, with between Sid and Amiga, and so you know, I would give this three point five mint imperials out of <laughs> uh, out of five. Like it, it's a it's a good solid action um twenty minute animation, and some of the animation was really really good. I yeah. loved the whole battle scenes, the rescue scene of, of um Senator Singh. So uh, yeah, three and a half mint imperials out of five. I love that most of our audience are over in the US and will have no idea what a mint imperial is, but it is a sweet, right? It's a, it's a minty it's a, sweet. It's a candy. There you go. <laughs> it's one that you suck, or can you? Because they're quite chewy as well. There you go. But gentlemen, with that, it's about time we head on over to some feedback. Uh, Don't forget, if you want to uh, give us your feedback, you can head on over to facebook.com slash group slash TV podcast industries where we have a spoiler post up every week. Usually once Derek gets up and watches the episode. So uh, thank you, Derek, for putting up the spoiler post each week. But yes, you can leave your thoughts there and we'll throw them in. We record every Friday evening so you have a bit of time. But 
Additionally, you can, if you've watched it and there's no spoiler post there yet, or you just want to write an email, you can email us at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. First up, we have some feedback from Caleb Dyer, who says, Hey guys, I noticed in episode 9 that Boba's codename is Alpha, the first letter in the Greek alphabet, and then there's Omega, the final letter in the Greek alphabet. Coincidence? Nope, I think you're definitely wrong to something there. I think that's literally, I think if you're going to go Alpha, Beta, like they, they've probably gone down the steps. We're going to find that one, there's a tube full of just like kind of really. It's like, it's like a Greek alphabet spaghetti. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a few rejected clones, Beta, Delta, Echo, Gamma. <laughs> Maybe, or else it is just simply. Bubba was the first and she's the last one ever possible so uh, so yeah. that's the Omega yeah. the, well the other thing is they always do like when you talk about the, the infinite you have the Alpha and the Omega mm-hmm. the, 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 the Adam and the Eve the Alpha and the Omega the, the, if you get into the, the deeper aspects of it yeah, yeah. I, I, I wonder if it's just that there's, uh, there is a collision course between Boba and, uh, and Omega at some point coming in the future yeah. the Alpha versus the Omega uh, potentially in the future yeah. excellent thanks so much for that Caleb Yes, thank you, Caleb. Yep, thanks, Caleb. Yes, we also have some feedback from Gary Swift who said, I hate being Captain Obvious, but if Hunter is the father to Omega, then the Kiminoan is the mother. Mm. Speaking of, why would they terminate Omega? It's not like they couldn't harvest DNA from her over and over again. As far as the one-on-one battles with the Bad Batch, it's called Force Multiplication. Each of them are above average, say 1.5, but as a team, they equal more than 6, say 8 or 9. Thanks for that, Gary. Yeah, that makes sense. They, yeah, they're like, they're the 1.25 team, yeah. essentially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. slightly better than average. Yeah, but they can occasionally get beaten. Yeah, yeah I, I, I definitely see that. And I think, um, yeah, I, I must say, I did kind of wonder about the termination of uh, Amiga, um, given that, you know, why not keep her around and harvest her again if that was your aim uh, as as uh, Kim and Owen? Yeah. I, w- I wonder if they had maybe done that a little bit and it was kind of, I, I, there wasn't a timeline given on it. It was kind of once you're done with her, then kill her. It was kind of once you've harvested everything you possibly can, then kill her. Um, I, I don't know whether, uh, I don't know what way they meant that, uh, whether she was going to be kept alive and they harvest and harvest and harvest and then she's a husk and she's gone. Oh, maybe. What an awful, what an awful thought for poor Omega. Uh, but thanks so much, Gary, for feedback. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Over on Facebook, Samuel Cox had some help for us in identifying that massive body in the cloning cloning tube uh, that we saw last week in last week's episode. Uh, he says, hey, guys, uh, I've always wanted to join the conversation before you guys put up a podcast on either The Bad Batch or Loki, but my work schedule and time zone make it hard to watch the episode before you put out your podcasts. However, I can directly help with some confusion that happened in this episode of The Bad Batch. The deformed body that Omega dropped onto Fennec Shand was most likely a Kaminoan as after their planet went from a land-based planet to a water-based planet due to an ice age, they were forced to rapidly adapt and mutate. This is where they originally began to mutate and clone their DNA to be more equipped to exist within the new environment. After they perfected the process on their own race, then they began to do the same with other races and species throughout the galaxy, not starting with Django and the clones, but actually creating horrific monsters and upgraded species that have now spread across the galaxy. I know this is a long comment, but I thought I'd finally get involved with one of the spoiler posts. Hope that this clears up any confusion. That's really interesting, isn't it? Because I, I just wasn't sure because we've seen the Kaminoans that we've seen so often 
in, in all the shows and, and uh, now the, across Clone Wars and in the movies, always have these really long, thin necks, and they're really, uh, they're really really thin overall as as their body shape whereas this one was much bigger and broader so i just wasn't sure whether it was definitely a canon own but a predecessor yeah no that's fascinating uh really great information samuel uh thanks so much because uh yeah i mean i was convinced um an episode as was speaking kind of i guess sitcoms i know it's not a sitcom but x-files slightly um yeah i i kind of like the idea that there's a little mishmash of x-files and and star wars here but that is fascinating and you're right it's just it's a it's a pre-evolved form of the kamen owens Mm -hmm. that's an interesting one yeah yeah thanks so much samuel yeah, thanks, Sam. The one, one I will just say, every now and again, you forget that the Star Wars universe has like all its additional crazy lore that has just gone on. Like there's that this whole species that has been creating yeah. monster clones, and you're yeah. like, oh yeah, like all that from like the books and the comic books that is now Legends yeah. is yeah. in there, and you're like. Oh yeah, like there is some serious crazy stuff in that universe that they can pull from. Absolutely. Like even on Disney Plus, you've got sort of like five or ten minute little shorts where they're flying through the different Star Wars environments or showing the different, <gasps> yes. um, the different vehicles or, or spacecraft, which is, you know, I, I guess it's kind of interesting really just seeing it but it's only very short but uh so i mean there's all this like information around this galaxy which is really really cool so it's great to have those that kind of feedback uh so thanks again samuel uh we also got some uh feedback in from dr bob phillips he says now this week took the foot off the pedal a bit for me and probably needed to for a bit more shooting action for those who want less talking and more zapping. Mm-hmm. A nice little side sprout with a pretty bloom of ideas around the resistance growing from many places. The Bad Batch being incredibly effective at what they do and the exploitation of children by dodgy promoters <laughs> to add a bit of old school stage room <laughs> feels to to show we're all fun glad i watched could have skipped it and not missed out and mm-hmm. um, yep yeah, thanks bob I, I think that that's absolutely right i think um you know this this is a um something that is not essential at this stage yeah. but there is some useful information i mean potentially depends how they then take that forward you know like you know if hunter uh uses uh omega as this tactical strategic genius mm-hmm. uh, along with um with tech i mean that's a really good pairing absolutely. uh for sure there i um, absolutely love the idea of sid as the stage mom who's yeah, found, found a way for this child to make her money uh, that's a that's a great comment there bob <laughs> yes thank you so much bob um yeah, i thanks, prefer bob. the I, I, I have to say, I love the uh, bit more shooty actions, those who want less talking and more zappy. There you go. Um, you said zapping, but I think less talky, more zappy makes sense. <laughs> a little bit. Thanks, everyone, for all of your feedback. Great to hear from you uh, this week. Keep sending in the feedback on the, on the episodes of Star Wars The Bad Batch and on Loki, of course, uh, as we're getting into a next episode of Loki next week, episode five. Yeah, penultimate. Mm-hmm. Penultimate episode of Loki is going to drop next Wednesday. Yeah. Yes, and we will find out whether it's Gator Oki or is it Croc Oki? Croaky. 
<laughs> you, you forgot what you said. Yeah, I you? forgot what I said <laughs> yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. It has been a long week. And if you haven't seen Loki, that's not a massive spoiler. So you no, should be you okay. don't know what I'm talking about. You <laughs> literally okay. have no idea what I'm talking about. If you have not listened to our podcast, you have no. You have. Absolutely. But we will be back next week with our next episode of The Bad Batch, episode 11. Again, as we mentioned on our Loki podcast, unfortunately, Chris isn't joining us for our next two weeks. Sorry, for our next two episodes. Two episodes a week at the moment. Sorry, I get it confused there. Uh, he won't be here for Bad Batch, episode 11 uh, or Loki, episode 5. But we'll be back uh, for the finale of Loki and for uh, Bad Batch, episode 12. Yes, looking forward to letting everyone know my thoughts. It's going to be so good. But don't forget, if you want to hear our thoughts, you can head on over to tvpodcastindustry.com where you can subscribe to all our channels, all our feeds and everything as well. Don't forget, you can also support us over on Patreon. Give us a bit of patronage, you know, for an intergalactic dollar dollar bill or credit in this case. You can head there to patreon.com slash tvpodcastindustries or you can buy our illustrious editor some blue milk coffee by heading on over to buymeacoffee.com slash tvpi. As Derek said, we'll be back with episode 11, The Devil's Deal, next Friday, the July 9th. Um, oh, because it comes out on Fridays, you know it's there. Thank you very much, and we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you next time. Yeah, thanks so much, fellow troopers, for joining us for this episode of the Bad Batch discussion uh, from ourselves. Remember, though, to keep watching, keep listening, and keep trooping. Bye. Bye. Bye.